come out to a studio, even though it's just the director and myself, it was almost like a vacation. I actually saw the outside world. I decided that once I healed from complex PTSD, I wanted to create a book that would have made me feel better, the book that I really wanted to read. I put my headphones in and I go for a nice long walk up a hill and I listen for an hour or two and just check out of my everyday life. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet actor Harvey Firestein, radio producer and journalist Stephanie Fu, and host of the Everything Iconic podcast, Danny Pellegrino. Hear the famously gravel-voiced Harvey Firestein share what it was truly like to record his memoir, Stephanie Fu on writing the book she wanted to read, and Danny Pellegrino on bringing stories to life in the recording studio. Enjoy. Hi, this is Harvey Firestein, author of I Was Better Last Night, a memoir. I wrote my book because we were in the COVID lockdown. I would already sewn five quilts, caught up with all the other work I had on my desk. And my agent said to me, why don't you write a memoir? So I did. <laughs> I didn't think I could. I really didn't because I don't usually write prose. But I tried it, and I loved doing it. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be... Ugh. Is that a word? How do you spell that? Ugh. I'm very dyslexic. I don't read very easily. And on top of that, when I was writing this here prose stuff, I did a lot of wordplay and stuff like that that I wouldn't necessarily give an actor to act in if I was writing a play. So here I had to say this stuff that I wrote down only to be read. It was not as easy as I hoped. I realized I had trouble pronouncing the word chocolatier. Chocolatier. I'm still working on it. Chocolatier. It means a place they make chocolate in France. That's probably how I should have wrote it. And it was an X place that they used to make chocolate in France. Does that make more sense? Yeah, I think it probably does. I was proud that I was able to live through this experience. We've been locked up in our homes for so long to come out to a studio, even though it's just the director and myself. It was almost like a vacation. I actually saw the outside world. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook myself, I would try to get Jim Dale to do it. Jim Dale is so brilliant. He did all the Harry Potter stuff, and he's a dear friend. But yes, that's who I would get, Jim Dale. And he sounds just like me, without the rasp and without the Brooklyn accent. And I guess he sounds nothing like me. That might be nice. The last audiobook that I listened to and loved was Patty LuPone's autobiography. Patty is a friend, and in preparation for all of this, I got her book and I put it on and had some fun. She's very good at this. And now, why don't you listen to a little clip from my audiobook? Philomena Murano got the role of the evil witch, and I was cast as the king. The king? Who wants to be the king? Sure, he gets a crown and cape, but the witch gets green skin, red lips, and long black fingernails. I want a green skin, red lips, and long black fingernails. 
Second grade was not working out the way I'd hoped. I was given the largest role in Sleeping Beauty because I was generally perceived as having the most theatrical flair in Class 2-1 of PS 186 in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. In 1959, they called it flair. I never understood why, but from early childhood, seeking it or not, I've stood out in the crowd. Hi, this is Stephanie Fu, author of What My Bones Know, a memoir of healing from complex trauma. I was diagnosed with complex PTSD four years ago, and when I was first diagnosed, I didn't know anything about complex PTSD, and I wanted to learn more about it. I wanted to learn how to heal from it, what this really meant. So I read all of the books I possibly could on complex PTSD, and I found them all to be really depressing and really boring. (laughs) Just very scientific, dry, oftentimes really pathologizing. And I really wanted to hear the kind of story that I made which is first-person stories that were humanizing and relatable. And I knew the power that a story like that could have on normalizing this condition. And so I decided that once I healed from complex PTSD, I wanted to create a book that would have made me feel better, the book that I really wanted to read when I was first diagnosed with complex PTSD. Because complex PTSD is not recognized in the DSM yet, there just really isn't that much literature out there. And so I... I'm proud to have created the first sort of literary first-person memoir about healing from complex PTSD. If I had to describe what it was like to read my book in two words, because I can't do one word, it would be physically taxing. It's just very physically challenging to talk that much. I'm a very talkative person, so I thought this would be easier than it is. But My throat hurt so much reading this book that when I went home at night, I couldn't say anything to my husband, and I had to text him all night long. (laughs) So there's all these weird one-sided texts on our chain now. But I was really supported by the studio, who gave me so much throat coat to drink and so much Ricola and delicious snacks. So I survived, and I feel proud of myself. There were a lot of things I realized I didn't know how to pronounce. Disconsolate, I guess. (laughs) That's the last one I read. I had no idea. I was like, I've written this a bunch. I have no idea how to say it. Yavis was one. It's an abbreviation that I'm not sure if I even pronounced correctly. And there were a lot of Vietnamese dishes that I had to get my friend to send me the pronunciations and voice message. Here, I'll play you one of them. Bánh cuốn. So that's my best friend Dustin explaining how to say ban kong, which I'm sure I still messed up really badly, which is ground meat and woodier mushrooms in a giant rice noodle topped with Vietnamese ham. I think that I did my dialogue pretty well. Like, I think listening to the dialogue here, particularly with, like, Dr. Ham at the end, will be enlightening And I've listened to that tape of me and Dr. Hom talking a lot, too. So there are specific exchanges in there that I think I kind of got word for word in terms of tone. I don't know. I am a experienced reader who has spent the last 10 years reading professionally for millions of people on the radio. So I should hope 
that I did an okay job of it through all 320 pages of my book. If I could not read this book and I had to get somebody else to read it, I'm not sure. I think that I would obviously be the person to read this. It would be really hard for me to hand it off to anybody else. The last audiobook I've listened to was New York 2140 by Kim Stanley Robinson. And I really liked it because they picked different actors to do all the different characters' voices because each chapter is from a different viewpoint. It was actually a pretty optimistic way of looking at global warming because it's a story of humans surviving in the Anthropocene, albeit not always thriving, but surviving. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. There are only four family movies that haven't been thrown away. I keep the tapes in the highest, farthest corner of my closet. I can't watch them. Who even has a VCR anymore? Still, I keep them as the last surviving relics of my childhood. And at last, they have a purpose. I've always known that I carry my past with me, but it exists in moods and flashes. A raised hand, a bitten tongue, a moment of terror. After my diagnosis, I find myself in need of the specifics. So I borrow a VCR and struggle with the puzzle of plugs and cords, then push one tape in. Hi, I'm Danny Pellegrino, author of How Do I Unremember This? Unfortunately, True Stories. I wrote this book because I have a podcast called Everything Iconic, and a lot of the stories I would tell on my show were things that people would come up to me and talk to me about. So I knew I wanted to get them down on paper and share them with the world. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be exciting. It was so fun to be in the studio and rereading these stories out loud and bringing them to life. I realized I had trouble pronouncing en route, which I kept saying en route, but it's en route, not en route. Although I'll still probably keep saying en route. I'm proud that I was able to bring some of my personality to the stories, and I'm excited that listeners will hear some of the voices that I do and some of the characters that I do on my show, which are now being brought to life in this audiobook. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Fran Drescher because she has one of the most unique voices in the industry. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was Casey Wilson's The Wreckage of My Presence. I think she balances it perfectly with humor and drama and insight, and it's just such a great book. I love it. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is this little hiking trail by my apartment. I put my headphones in, and I go for a nice long walk up a hill, and I listen for an hour or two and just check out of my everyday life and enjoy whatever I'm listening to. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. There's an art to the adult slumber party, and no, I'm not talking about the sexual kind, although those also require a unique set of talents. I'm referring to having some friends over for a night of being basic. Frozen margaritas, coyote ugly, inhaling every last crumb of a charcuterie plate, and gossiping until the sun comes up. The gossip part is where my skills really shine. I've been doing that ever since I was a closeted kid in Ohio, embracing the metaphorical tea with whoever was willing to spill it at my local pajama party. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening.
For more behind the mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com/nextlisten.